0: Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenogio. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Today is special because we are going to take a break. In the last teaching, there was a question that arose, put on the comment. I responded to his question. I said, I'm going to deal with that question today. And I'm perceiving that actually I'm going to deal with that question today and in our next, next teaching. And why am I doing this? Obviously, I don't want to take a question that is going to distract us from the flow. But I decided that the question is relevant. The question is asking some of the things I was going to touch on anyway but before we go into answering the question let's do a quick review as we learn in our teaching long 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 time ago about Bible interpretation the primary way that we learn the truth about a subject in the Bible is to read it (laughs) okay and to read it to read the test itself but also to read the test in contest. In other words, read the test and look at what surrounds that test. Don't just take that test out of its contest. Read the test, read the contest, but also read the co test. In other words, what does other part of the Bible say about another part of the Bible? Because one part of the Bible will throw light on another part of the Bible. The New Testament, the Old Testament, they throw light on each other, they explain. One another. So that is the primary way by which we understand this the scripture. But there is a secondary way. There are secondary information that actually helps us in our understanding of the stories and the invent of the Bible. There are some things that will be difficult for us to understand fully if we don't get this secondary sources to help throw light for example you know a couple of teaching ago I mean sometimes ago now we we're talking about the Bible and secular history you don't get all the secular history by just reading the Bible so there are some there are some document there are some you know resources that helps us to be able to understand the Bible better and this is what we do when we do Bible study okay archaeological finding issues about culture issues about language and materials and resources that help us to understand the culture and the practices of the day of the bible and those things help us to understand the bible a lot better for example there are some things we read about the woman that touches the hem of jesus's garment and that may not make sense to us in our contemporary time because we don't know what that means but when you get you know resources that actually let you know that there is a significance to the fact that the woman touched the hem of jesus's garment rather than just touching his shoulder oftentimes we need other sources to actually help us to be able to understand what we are reading in the scripture that does not mean that christianity particularly in those those culture or those practices when you read the Bible There are some things that the Bible take for granted and as such the Bible did not go into any major length to explain those things because the original hearer the original receiver of the scripture They already understand those things and as such the Bible didn't need to go any deeply into understanding those things but we do we need to know those things and that is why it is important for us to get materials that can help us to understand the culture to understand the practices of the world in which the bible was written such is this subject of the of humanity being created in the image of god such is this subject of imago dei So when Moses wrote that God made humanity in his own image and after his his own likeness, that was not anything that was strange to those people that were hearing Moses when he wrote it originally. The hearer of Moses in those days, they immediately know what Moses was talking about. Like we said in our previous teaching, they they have example of kings and emperors that put their images in their subject nation they, they, they have those example they have example of kings that put their images in their subject nation they have examples of pagan you know worship where they put images of their gods in the temple and they know the implication they know the meaning they know the implication of something being created in the image of the gods and that image being placed either in the subject nation or either in the temple and that was what we were exploring in our last teaching but for us that don't belong to that culture for us that don't belong to that era it is important for such thing to be interpreted so that we can understand what is going on. And that is exactly what we're trying to do. That's exactly what we're trying to do. And that is why we went back. And when God said, let us create man in our own image and after our own likeness and let them have dominion. Those people that had Moses understand exactly what it means. But that is why we have gone back to the Bible. And also we have gone back to how the people in those days understood the image of gods now that doesn't mean that we that the Bible is tolerating or saying that there are gods we know that there are no gods there is only one God that the gods are actually contact with demons but the understanding is still you know is still relevant the understanding of what it means for something to be created in the image of gods what is the implication of that so Where we stopped the last time was the fact that God put his image on earth, his vice-regent. The fact that God put his image on earth actually shows that God is the king of of creation because he put his image on earth in the creation, just like the kings that we've read and the emperor. We've read, this means when God put his image on earth, this means that the kingdom of this world actually belongs to God, that the kingdom of this world is the kingdom of God. And we read that in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. And that also means that God's will is suffering, that God's will is law on earth in this creation, that his will is sovereign, his will is law on earth, in this creation of God, of course, we know that something went wrong and we are going to come to that. We also mentioned the relationship between the image and dominion. We said that the, the image of God is linked with royal mandate to rule and to subdue. When man was created in the image of God, it is associated with the mandate to rule. So humanity being in the image of God on earth means that humanity occupies a royal office it means that he is God's representative on earth it means that humanity is God's agent in the world so that means that being the image of God granted us the power the, granted us the authority the power to share God's rule and to administer God's government on the earth over his creatures and over his resources and that is why man was created in the image of God now that is the question that we have that brother Shegun put on the comment section putting the image of an artist called jesus into the church is it allowed in christendom there are a few issues that this question raised and there are some issues also that the question takes for granted so what i'm going to do is to untangle this one by one okay now i'm going to ask you please try and follow this to the end or else you are going to jump into a conclusion that it's not what I'm saying okay so I'm going to move to the right move to the left move to the front move to the back and I'm going to answer it in a more robust way okay so the question is if somebody paints an image of Jesus um, is that allowed to be put in the church is that allowed to be put in the church building okay so let us read exodus chapter 20 because i believe this is one of the important scriptures that speak into this type of issue so let's read exodus chapter 20 and i'm going to read from verse 1 and we're going to read from verse 1 to 6 remember this is part of the 10th commandment exodus chapter 20 from verse 1 to 6 and god speak all these words saying i am the lord thy god which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers, upon the children and upon the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments now you will see that I have put some of those words in yellow for emphasis I am the Lord no other gods before me likeness of anything bow down serve them now it is important for us to know this because it throws light on what we are trying to do so there's a foundation to Exodus where, where we read in Exodus chapter 1 to 6 he said I am the Lord and this is very very important I am the Lord in verse 2 he said I am the Lord in verse 3 it said thou shalt have no other gods before me now that actually laid the foundation for what was going to happen because it's going to talk about not making images which tie in into what we are dealing with I am the Lord Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I am the Lord. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And then it talks about, verse 4 says, and thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Now, this is very, very important. So, verse 3 says, you must not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything. Now, the word that is used there for graven means to cut to heal into shape, to carve something, whether by wood, whether a carving of wood or a carving of stone, okay? So that's what God is saying, that you must not make a graven image. You know what they did when they make the golden calf? The golden calf was not a small calf. This was a a life-size, you know, calf that they build. That is somebody that is cutting, that is hewing into shape, that is carving something out. Or, or wood, or stone. And God said, you must not do that. That word likeness means to fashion out something. To fashion out something into a shape, or to uh, embodiment of something, or representative of something. And God said, you must not do that. And remember, and, and, and this is where we are going, there's, there's a connection between people having other gods, and then making graven image of those gods. Or making something representative of those gods. And then the next thing is bowing down, okay? So you have a God, which is not God. You make an image of that God, okay? And what you do then do after that is to bow down. And that word bow in that place that we read means to prostrate, to worship bow down to them and serve them. To serve them means to serve as a subject or to be led by them. So so we are going to move. move. So they, they are serving another God, which is not the God of Israel. And in serving that God, they make a, a, an image. And in making that image, they did what? They bow, they worship, they prostrate. And then in worship, they are led by the gods. And that is what God was saying. You must not do that. Remember that we said, what we said about, images of gods and kings that these images are not mere decoration these images connect the land and the temple on the home in which you put the image or the person that is worshiping the god through the image it connects them to the supernatural power of the gods which are really demons there is only one god all these god the god of this the god of that these are really demons that the image represents so god is saying that listen to me don't make an image don't make a graven image because if you make that image the image you make of a god because you want to worship you want to bow down you want to worship and serve that image that is not just a fun and game because you are being connected to the supernatural of the demonic there is a connection there and this is really really very very important the reason why God was telling the children of Israel not to make an image is because of what we understand now, that when you put the image of a God in a temple, when you put the image of a God in your house, when you put the image of a God in your nation, you are saying that you are subject to that God. You are saying that you are slave to that God. You are saying that that God is your king. You are saying that you, that you are under the rulership of that God. You are connected to that God. And God said, don't do it. Don't do it. Because that very act, actually, you are subjecting yourself to the demonic supernatural. Remember what we said? God's image, worship, serve and being led by it. And there's a word of caution here, a word of caution here, that this is not form and game, because particularly in the Western world, and it, I know it's happening in the developing world also, that oftentimes people go on holiday and they come back with souvenirs. And souvenirs are good if you come back with, you know, things people can eat, a or things like that. But sometimes people come out with souvenirs that are images that they bring from wherever they've gone images oftentimes lifestyle images that look like the idol of the land you know you've seen all those things before isn't it now the truth is this if you go on holiday or go somewhere and you go because you want a souvenir you think this is fun and game and you go and buy an image that is actually dedicated to a god that have an implication that have a connection to the gods of the land that you've been to you may not realize it but you are going to put yourself under the power of that god you are going to put yourself under the influence of that demonic power and this is really very important and it's also applied when people play you know demonic games again this is becoming an issue in developing countries you, you know the the Quija boards and there are so many demonic games today you know online games you know all sort of games that that people play some of these games as demons i mean a whole lot of these online games actually have demonic not not just that implication they have demonic titles and people play them as demons they have demonic stories they and 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 people play these things and people think that these things are just fun and game. They are not fun and games. The fact that your ignorance does not excuse you because some of these things become a connection to the demonic supernatural because they, you are putting their image, you are playing with their image, you are putting their image in your homes, you are putting their image in your temple, you are putting their image in your nation, and by so doing, you are subjecting and submitting yourself to those demonic powers. When people go to people that read their palms, people say, I want to know my stars. Why do you want to do that? Why do you want people to read your palms? Why do you want to know your stars? You say, it's just fun. No, it's not just fun. Because when you submit yourself to an image of a God, what are you doing? You are submitting yourself to that God to rule over you. The attending power of these images or this act that you are submitting to to yourself to, they will extend their rule to where their images are, even if the subject is ignorant, even if you are doing it for fun, even if you are doing it because you you, you don't know what you are doing. No, 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 no. There's a connection with some of this. If it's an image that is dedicated to a God and you bring it into your world, you bring it into your environment, you are inviting that power to influence that vicinity. Let's read act chapter 19, verses 18 to 21. And many that believe came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious acts brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they were count and they counted the price of them and found it to be fifty thousand pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. After these things were ended, Paul proposed in, the- in the spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see. Rome. Now, this is very, very important. The I want to give us the background of the book of Acts chapter 19. In verse 1, it tells us that Paul was in Ephesus. And from verse 1 to verse 7, we see that Paul, you know, encountered these 12 disciples that were obviously taught in the way of John the Baptist. They didn't know about the Holy Spirit and God. Paul got them baptized in the Holy Spirit. That was up to verse 12. Now from verse 13 to 14, we read the story of the seven sons of Sceva. Those are the people that went to want to cast out demons. They were exorcists. They were children of the same father. Okay? And that's why they called them seven sons of Sceva. They were exorcists and they wanted to cast out the demon in the name of you know Jesus that Paul preached. And obviously they were overpowered and <laughs> they were dispersed. Then from verses 18 to 20 is where we are reading now. Now, so, so Ephesus was a, a city that was given to the demonic, to the demonic, and the Bible says where we read that many people in that land didn't believe Paul. Many people believe Paul. Many people believed, and the Bible says that they confessed and they showed their deed, and many which also used curious act. That word curious act means act of magic, such saying, necromancy. that conjure spirit the Bible says they brought their book together this was this was something that they used to connect to the supernatural the, the, the book of magic that gives them instruction, that gives them direction, that was their connection to the realm of the supernatural. They had to bring it together. They have to burn it. And those people have to be delivered from that connection. And it's, it's interesting that the Bible says that when they did that, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. That connection was broken and the bible says so mightily grew the word of god obviously paul was there preaching he was teaching in the house of one, one of the leaders there so this is very 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 important that these are not fun and games there are uh, these images or these materials these demonic paganic materials connect people to the demonic supernatural and the bible says that they they they, they found it they they counted the price and they found it 50,000 pieces of silver I mean no matter what that means bottom line is that this was huge amount I mean these people they were committed to the magic act but also when they became born again they were committed to the things of God once they believe Paul they change their investment at least there's something we can learn from those people. When they were in the world, when they were in the paganist world, they invested in what they believe. But when they believed Paul, they said, no, we don't want that again. Now they are investing in the knowledge of the word of God that they are learning through Christ. I think that is something we can learn from. Praise the Lord. Now, we're going to stop there now. We have not really, really begin to answer my brother's question. Remember what I'm saying? I'm answering this question not directly. I'm using it as an opportunity to also deal with, with some other issues so what we are saying here is that yes images connect people to the demonic supernatural the question we then go, going to ask ourselves is that does the picture that an artist paint does that equal an image and now that is very very important and what will be the implication of that so we are going to take it off from there and if you are listening to me <laughs> I want you to know that there is only one God okay there's only one god and that god is the king and is coming back is going to get all sin out of the system he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth and the only people is going to allow into that new heaven and new earth are people that are saved that are born again that have been born the second time people that have the passport and you can only get that passport that visa into that nation the new earth the new heaven the, the only place you can go, the only embassy you can go to get that is the cross of Jesus. To go to him and make an application and say, I am a sinner. I'm not entitled to that country, but I'm coming so that you can be my Lord. Save me. And he will. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Do that today. He will save you. You will become a daughter and a son of God. He will walk this out with you. And when this, this creation this life is all over you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new heart we sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on youtube maranatha teaching channel they will bless you thank you